So at that moment then, I kind of questioned myself. It was probably the first time as a, a person, you have to man up and say, right, do I forget it ever happened? Or do I learn this? Yeah. And that's going to make me a better martial artist. So I did that. Hi, this is Mick Tully, and you're listening to Mixed Martial Arts. On today's show, I'm actually honoured to have my BJJ professor and my dear friend, the one and only Professor Neil Simkin. Thanks for coming on, Neil. It's no problem at all. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to start at the beginning. When did you start martial arts? Back in 1976. As a four-year-old kid, three, three or four-year-old, doing karate, as you do, following your brothers to the local karate club, and then, yeah, I stayed with the same instructor till till he retired, really. I've been doing karate since the age of three or four. And how how old, how old were you when he retired? Oh God, um, I took on the academy around about when I was twenty-five. I took on two academies, just as my I think I had about three three years probably competing left in me, and then. Um, yeah, I took on the academies about 25. I was around about 25, yeah. He kind of retired and went into... He was emigrating, actually, so he, he kind of handed everything over to me. I know you, start, you started training with Steve Rowe as well. Mm. So your first instructor was who? Ian Philpott, who's, you know, still one of them guys I still call Sensei, you know. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was... And he stayed with me all the way through. I kind of... He was my influential figure through my life, really. Yeah. But still is. In them days, black belts were very rare. Yeah, it was, it was quite rare. Um, he was a blue belt. Was he? Yeah, and then um, we kind of trained, and then I was around about 15, and um, we met up with a guy called Eugene Codrington. Oh, Sedco, yeah. Sedco, yeah. We joined Eugene, mainly for the competition side, because I was, I was quite good in competitions. So I, was, I would have been younger, actually, been 13, 13. And then Stevie Darks. Yes. All them guys, you know, uh, and I went training at the Temple in Birmingham, Digbeth. It was quite rare to, to see a kid. You, you would have been the only kid in the place? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, this is back in the days where a kid was just, it was an was, adult who hadn't grown up yet, wasn't he? Yeah, he was just a kid. That's just killed me. I mean, you know. And then I won this combat invitational. Where was that? The old terrible ballroom in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Full Pelly Reed in the final. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Was that what was that? Was was that this was like obviously continuous or something then? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very little white cat was then. Well, I was just about to say, Pele Reed gave me an absolute shellacking. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he went up to Brendan Ingalls boxing, yeah, boxing, didn't he? Yeah, ended up. Um, yeah, I just found that style kind of because it's karate. Yeah, it's but, like it's very good to to, to hit the centre line. Yeah, and when they run at you, it's, it's the timing for me. I found quite. Easy. Yeah, but that must have been a, what, what? What was he at the time? Thirteen stone, something like that. Yeah, he's a big guy. I mean, he's always been a big kid. Um, I fought him about two years before that as we were kids at Dudley Martial Arts do you remember right. uh, Ken Holt Ken Holt yeah I fought him there and um, oh my god I looked at him and I was only I, was, I think I was like an orange belt or some stupid really? green belt whatever and um, he battered me and not not battered me but he, he gave me he gave me a good you know beating and <laughs> and then two years later I copped him in the final of the, this combat thing but it was good I mean you know he, he was a monster, I tell you. He what. went on to do amazing things. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he, was, he ended up being like European cruiserweight champ- champion. Was he world? He was world champion in, in kickboxing. Uh, kickbox. I mean, he had an amazing team, you know, around it, him. Yeah, that was a uh, Bristol, Bristol Lagar, Wayne yeah. Turner, and guys like that, yeah, wasn't it? Dave. Ba- I mean, them Dave. David Baptiste. Dave oh. Baptiste. You know, um, Neville Ray. Neville Ray. All them guys. Really. Yeah. But I, I wasn't involved in that because I was more involved in the karate side of it. That was when I met up with Steve Rowe. Jeff Thompson, who was the the black Jeff the Thompson, black Jeff Thompson yeah. yeah. And the very first kid I seen, I went to Shikon training squad session with Jeff Thompson, and I seen this kid sparring and Paul Alderson. Oh yes, like, wow. Paul Paul was awesome. Oh, he's just a man. As a cadet, that guy was crazy, wasn't he? I think he's one of the most talented fighters we've ever had. Yeah. And one of the nicest guys. And he's still a look. I still speak to him. Yeah, yeah. Him and the- Joe are doing a great job with. Sunny. With, with Senny and the Fighters Inc. thing. They're just doing a great job and they're just nice people. Paul, Paul's a great guy. We, we, link, we link back up because we're going to hopefully help them with um, the trying to put a really good competition on. With our experience, we're trying to, you know, not just experience, but our knowledge of BJJ, hopefully help them out, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So I ended up with Steve Rowe and I've been with him since. 
Oh, no, that's a journey. That that's down at Medway. That's Kent, right? Yeah, I mean, like, we we, we Steve Rogan, me and Cuthbert. Really, it was chic on. So yeah, you know, um, and that's what really got me into the England team. Got me into the cadets, juniors. Me and Neil actually trained in the same room. I was literally cannon fodder. Neil was one of the superstars in the room, and I, I would have been one of the you know, meat sacks that would have been thrown in front of most of these guys just to batter, basically. But mutual friend of ours, Wayne Otto. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah, well, I was chatting to Wayne, and I was saying to I always say to Neil because it, you were, it was always his spot, wasn't it? That was how it worked. Yeah, out. I mean, you, you kind of. Me and Wayne, like we, we kind of, as I was a Duke, as I was a cadet, he was a senior, and then him and Willie Thomas really owned the show, really. Yeah, it's like trying to play basketball when Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson are there. No matter how good you are, you have to wait for those guys to age well, out. Uh, a yeah, bit. it was good. You know, Tiki was always good with the juniors, and yeah, you know, it was, it was good. I'll I tell you something. I, 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 this is a bit of an aside, but. I don't know if I told you last time I was with Wayne he told me he was over with the Norwegian squad there was a load of young British cadets there and Wayne's son who's now a real up and coming star was talking to Wayne and all these cadets was like there was a, yeah, I can't remember what uh, forgive me what his uh, son's name is but they wanted to know who he was talking to and Tiki was like you know, you know the way Tiki talks we won't swear but Tiki was like grabbed all these young lads and said you have no idea who Wayne Otto is <laughs> and it was like yeah it was like are you Used to say to Wayne all the time, you know, if if Wayne had taken up basketball, he'd be Michael Jordan, because that no one's been yeah. that successful. No. no one understands how I successful mean, that guy was. You know, it's, it's not just this. It wasn't just his success; it was his consistency. You know, and and the fact that um, the way he portrayed himself was the way all the squad do. Actually, that's why I love their cry, and that's why I've tried to take him to BJJ. You know. The way you portray yourself is probably, you know, you can go through all your career being a nice guy, you make one mistake, and that's the thing that oh. really puts you down. And, um, you know, I, I got out of karate at the right time. You know, I got out, I've done everything that I, I wanted to do, um, as in competition. And, you know, you got you got to sometimes say, you know, um, I didn't like the way it was going. Oh uh, yeah, well, well we've talked about that. You didn't like the politics. You, you, well, you've never had. It's one thing I love about training with you. Yeah. My kids never competed in karate because really for the reason of that, I didn't want them experiencing that. Yeah, having to pay for your, you know, having to pay for your flights to fight for your country, having to do a lot of things that that we just couldn't get. You know, things that would never happen. That. Yeah, you know, nah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, world champion, it's anything. I don't think any, any sport. If you're a world champion and you're successful, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to do it a, a, a day. Works. Nah, you nah, be able you to be a full-time athlete. And uh, talking of success, what did you achieve? Multiple British champions. Oh God, do oh, that. Yeah. Europeans. Yeah, won the um, Europeans. Won the um, WKR Worlds. No, sorry, three bronze in the Worlds in the same day. In the same day, um, for England junior cadet senior, my biggest probably achievement was was was, was what, what always sticks with me is probably the third year running. I won the EKGBs. Really? Yeah, that was probably the, as I was twenty in my third year, and wow. uh, the first year I fought Michael Day. Right. Who went on to he's a great guy. Yeah. Second year I fought. Um, a guy called Dave Worrell, who was from Shikon. Right, wow. And then there's a lot of bad blood between us then. Was there? Yeah. Same association, but bad yeah, blood, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. Not, not in a bad, but we didn't like each other. We, we were both top of our juniors. And then I fought in the third year with my mother and father watching, so probably one of the only times they come and watch me right. at the NEC. Was that, was, was that on like a, a combat show or something? No, it was a proper... Um, it was a proper. It was at the NEC. The so a proper compo. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what was it? What was it that you fought on? Martial arts extravaganza. Yeah, Danny No Santo was on that, wasn't yeah. he? How Cynthia old were you then? Oh God. Cynthia Rothrock. Jesus. I was twenty odd. Wow. I was just a kid. And who did you fight? He was a, he was a guy actually. Who he was a really good kickboxer, kung fu guy. Michael Chambers, I think his name. Right. Nice kid. 
nice guy before yeah Cash Gill was on the same show Cash the Flash yeah Cash the Flash got into a fight with a few wrestlers at the NEC when they, they had a show on and he was there as well and they like they, like WWE guys and uh, they, they, like, I think the, the WWE guys bottled it when they realised that these guys actually fought for real yeah. Cash was the real McCoy nice guy so, never really met him but do you know the I met, actually the first time I met him was at the last there was an award show where Braulio got a, an award yes and he was there and because he's in Burnt he's based actually quite near isn't he so, yeah yeah um, I said hello to him but we, you know, we never because of Crite was in them days you never really mixed the no you didn't, didn't mix the arts at all you know you didn't mix the arts no. too much so, so what, what you know, talking about mixing the arts then what got you into the BJJ in the first place <laughs> I met up with a guy who, who lived quite local he was, he was not really a, a good grappler but he showed me some grappling techniques and then I kind of went to um, he got invited to one of these Jeff Thompson yeah. things I went there and um, in Coventry Neil Adams' gym I had, had a few experiences there I went there when, when he invited me to this master class I thought I was going to I went there and gave you a thing I was with dogs and yeah. it up, um, put on the black belt the whole nine yards yeah you know, I thought I was going to go and show them something so I stood up and six, within 30 seconds I was took to the floor and uh, ground and pounded which was you know it's one of them but um, yeah it was um, it was a good experience and a bad experience you know sometimes um, sometimes you have to learn what not to do yeah, it's right? tough it, it took me up you know I went there Looked like I was in a car crash. Yeah, I so said we got Katie here, and I remember you telling me. To happen, especially being a firefighter as well. Yeah. And then I went back the week after, and uh, same again, really. And then I started to talk to after a bit. You had to kind of do your acceptance of. Yeah. You know, you had, you had to accept, you know, be accepted, really. It was something off the time, wasn't it? You yeah, wouldn't, it wouldn't happen now. I didn't know no difference. And then that was the, probably the most pinnacle stage of my martial arts career. You know, you go there as a. You think that you're good. I mean, I was working the doors at the time. You know, I was I actually had a door company at the time, and you think, man, I'm you know I can I can handle myself, which I could. You yeah. Know? But then you get this guy who's half your size, just kind of put you down and make you look like a total like you never put a, like you never done martial arts in your life. So at that moment, then I kind of questioned myself. It was probably the first time as a, a person you have to man up and say, right. Do I forget it ever happened? Yeah. Or do I learn this? Yeah. And that's going to make me a better martial artist. So I did that. When I was there, you would learn, but not not so much. It wasn't like you was there really. We'd, we'd put the stuff on. You'd warm up, spar, shower, go on. So there's now really we're not learning a lot of technique. You yeah. Know what I mean? So then I went to um, a guy, Rick Young, in Scotland. I found him and said, "Look, can I come down and train?" I spent a week with him. Yeah really good learned two things what good tuition was and, yeah. and what good BJJ was and well, I went there for a long time and then I went back for another week then I used to go and train with him and this is going from Warsaw to, to, to Edinburgh yeah. back, back in the days of EasyJets it was 11.99 on EasyJets it was a day at your life you know, but it was Ret- return yeah and then we uh, had a coffee and he said, he said where are you from I said oh, I'm from Warsaw <laughs> and that's all you know because I didn't we didn't really like I was there to train. Yeah. I just wanted to train. So that mentality, karate mentality is just just keep quiet and just train and, and you know. Put your mouth shut, your, your mouth ears shut, open, yeah. yeah. So I was like that and then he put me through to Braulio. Yeah, and then and that was the start of something amazing, eh? Um, yeah. Rick, Rick Young's words was, I have, I have hundreds of people walk through my doors, train me and say they're going to do this and that, and none of them do. So just make sure you're not one of them people that never do it. And I remember them words. And he's, he's actually told me when we've talked about it before. Yeah. You asked him how to get good at jiu-jitsu and his yeah. exact words were? Get private with Braulio, train every day. Don't, don't, you know, don't give up. And don't, you know, just... just Two privates a week, as many classes as you can make, and that's what I do. From I've done for the last twelve years, thirteen ne- years. Never, never stop. Just kept no, it. No, I mean Bradley obviously is busy now, but we we always train together. We just we just best friends really. It's, our relationships a lot more with brother now than that. Yeah, we're still my professor, you know. When he like when he first came over, I remember the first time I met him, and he just looked like a rock star, and he was like he, like he was just on a tear. When when I got there, nobody. that's my first lesson with him. That's how I got my name, Bugger. Tell us about was, it. Um, I was sparring with him, and he kind of didn't understand. Um, he does didn't speak much English. And Bradley had this knack of wrapping his legs around your ribs. Yes. And he did it to me. And, oh, you bugger. 
because I didn't want to say like you know <laughs> you didn't want to swear right I didn't want to swear at the guy you know because he probably knows what that means yes and um, he went oh bugger bugger yeah so of course when I found him he spoke little English I went yeah it's his bugger yeah bugger bugger so <laughs> and he kind of just followed then and uh, you know it's it's, it's, and, it's and your son Tommy's famously now called Buddha Buddha <laughs> Um, but the, the good thing is, you know, it, it's a name that people, you know, call me. But I'm very proud of. Yeah. Because my professor gave me that name. You know, I mean, I wish it was a bit, a bit tougher. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm very yeah, proud of that name. Yeah, it, yeah, but it's good. That it's a term of endearment, isn't it? Yeah, you know? it's like acceptance. You know, and we train together and. You know, we, we've just trained together ever since. You know, I'm very loyal to him. Mum. You know, I've that was exactly the word I was just going to yeah, use. I was going to say right. your loyalty. Yeah, to him second to none, right? Um, take a bullet for him, right? Yeah, or tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'll take but, two if I had to. <laughs> but yeah. he's he's unbelievable. So what? Yeah. So what did BJJ bring to you? Honesty. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a word that you know. Same it's, it's honesty. You know, you, you, you got two guys on it, you know, and it gave me, you know, it gave me a lifestyle that karate never gave me. Not because I was, I've never had a, I've never been naughty or, I've always had a good pro- proper lifestyle. But BJJ's, it's hard to explain when they talk about the lifestyle. It's just something. It's a, it's hard to explain in words. That's why it's hard for me to explain what it means to me. Uh, one of my favourite lines from you is where you've turned around when everyone thinks a BJJ lifestyle is hang ten wearing flip flops and saying hello my friend and you went it's nothing like that it's just miserable it's brutal it's turning up when you don't feel like you should yeah. train it's it's what I say to people you know in Warsaw we have no beaches <laughs> certainly know. not what I love about BJJ is you can't hide no you chance. can't hide and if, if you think you can then you you know if you do BJJ for the wrong reasons you will not you will not succeed in BJJ you just get caught out you know there's that we I see it on on the um, social media today what, what's, the, what's the normal amount of time to gain a black belt in BJJ and, and somebody posted no normal people get black belts no and it's, no. it's nice when, when some, some of them words and it really does that's about it it's, it's the journey it's, it's just real there's no you put your arm in for me, I'll block. No. It's none of that. And it's none of that say you. I'm not saying that's wrong. No. You know, it's, I'm not saying that's bad because I love the traditional side of karate. I take the traditional side of martial arts into my BJJ. And I, I, I love martial arts. In, you know, I love karate. I love all martial arts. But just BJJ for me is the... Um, it's a life changer. Famously, most guys know know the situation. I always, I, I, I always reference... Neil, Danny Santo, Terry Barnett and Rick Fay, the four main pillars of my training. In fact, there isn't anyone else. That And that's the truth, you know. Uh, with the greatest respect, even if I could get the access to Brett Elio, I still wouldn't. I'd just be with you. For the simple reason, you're one of my dearest friends in the world, but you're one of my harshest critics. And, you know, it's the nearest thing to heartbreak sometimes when I've been training and Neil looks at me and he's just disappointed and he can't hide the fact that he's disappointed and it kills me and then as I've said before I never thought I was going to compete again and this is the guy who made me compete and then more importantly nobody that's put in front of me scares me more than getting a bollocking from Neil Simpkin mm-hmm. after the fight that's the truth but it was like I came I came and trained with you and like you're right I was training at Braglio's and I, I was doing okay but I came to you and yeah I had a high profile in martial arts yeah I was quite well known you know what I mean and you know it's funny because looking back on it people are saying did you ever think that you know just maybe you get found out and I was thinking but I, I wasn't that good anyway you know uh, you thought I was good I never said I was any good and then I came to you and just made me a better martial artist and a better person you know and trust me I'm one of the most formative people in my life and you know you've always said you don't you're a leader of men but you are because look at the amount of people you've had a great change on when 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 Raleo gave gave my blood belt you know the um my outlook was with it was I wasn't worried about the black belt yeah I was more worried about the responsibility that comes with the black belt well would you be able to would you would be I able to wear it wear it and also I wanted the way that Bradley has been with me is the way that the words that you've just said is the way I am with Bradley and when, when when people say oh god you know you BJJ you've changed my life and stuff there's, there's no true word spoken that 
you know, you don't have to look very far within me to see who I try to follow in the ways, and that's Bradley. Yeah. You know, he's people think that being a black belt in BJJ, black belt's probably, I think it's fair to say, it's probably one of the most powerful belts you can have, as in you know, respected belt. Yeah, easily. You know, it's 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 an education that's that's just out of this world. It's just hard earned. Yeah. You know, I try to share all these experiences with my, my students. So you've been in the class before and I was you know, I talk about integrity, I talk about honor, I talk about how you should be out at the gym. And that's what that's what having a black belt to me is about. Yeah. It's about my professors give me he's opened the door and said, Now you can go and share yeah. give people the experiences and, and educate the people like I've tried to educate you yeah and that's the competition side of it really is is not a problem the, the hard part for me was to be a black belt under Gracie Baja to be a black belt under the one of the best grapplers in the world was about passing not, not letting him down so yeah. my students act in the same way and have the same integrity as what I have towards my professor. And it's not like you've got to, you ain't got to suck up to me or nothing like that. But there's a, there's a, there's, there's, there has got to be a degree of respect. There's got to be a degree of everybody's equal. I watched my daughter the other day. She, um, there was a, a guy who couldn't tie his belt in there. And my daughter went over and tied his belt. belt. Yeah. And he looked at her and, and she went, it's cool. Everybody has had that problem everyone everyone, everyone you know? has not ha- known how to type the belt once and, and when I when I seen her doing that I had to hold my back, myself back from crying in the class I actually stopped myself and turned around because she understood exactly why she understood the morals yeah even a blue a, a blue belt to a white belt in BJJ is is a massive gap and it's yeah. People look up at a blue belt and think, "Wow, you, you, know, you, you you've been through the journey." Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's kind of that's what I love about it. But it, it, it is. It's one of those. The, yeah, a guy turned up today, lovely guy, and he followed me in, and literally, uh, really, really, really nice guy. He followed me in. Like Muslim dude. He's got the whole gear on as he walked in. Started working out with him, and he was wonderful. And then, yeah, just when I went to get the microphone out of the car park, he was just kept thanking me and thanks for looking after. Yeah to me and you just especially in today's climate you know you, you know we we need to we need to find out what we have more in common than we, we don't, don't than we don't right and when you walk in through there at the end of the day we're a load of guys and girls wearing pajamas trying to choke each other out and as i've said before the one thing i love about jiu-jitsu is all of the bullshit is put away and it's like if we go, I want to kill you, you want to kill me, under the confines of the it's sport. relationships you have. Yeah. I've never had this relationship. I still speak to guys in karate that, that you know, if I didn't speak for 10 years, they found me and like Paul and Joe, I've, I've been to Paul also and Joe for over the last few months. I haven't spoke to Joe for 10 years. Yeah. But the minute that you have that connection, you know, but in BJJ, you have it like... It's a lot more deeper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You well, you can't, you can't, you can't. But there's no politics at the moment. Well, there's, well, there's, there's, there's minimum politics in BJJ. Um, there's a lot more than when I started. God, you know, when I started, there was nothing. There Everyone was, got on with everybody, it, right? You had no choice. It was just there was teams. You're always going to get the team aspect. The dilution will come. Yeah. We have we have dilution in life. My mum and dad said school was a lot tougher for them. Yeah than what it was for me I say to my kids now when I was at school it was really tougher but you know something I don't think it probably is I think it's just different it's your, it's your, and it's your perspective my perspective you yeah know? I think it's just different it's like when people say now our oh, blue belt's the same level let me tell you let me tell you blue belts now I've just come back from the European Championships and blue belts now are at an awesome level but it wasn't a bad level when I was there either no it's just a different kind of jiu-jitsu now there's more, if there's more out there you know you've got more full-time athletes you got more. For, you know, it's like, You've got access to techniques now. Exactly. That you never had before. But you look no. at you look at Will. We'll give Will a shout out yeah. now. Technically, the guy is unbelievable. And what is he? Nineteen years of age. Well, Charlie. Look, George Tolly. Jesus. They're, they're 14, 15 year old kids now. That's that's. Um, 
are banging the top of the world. Do you know what I mean? At the jitsu. And even going to Tommy, he's 11, and, and the kids that we have here at 11 are phenomenal, really. But um, a couple of weeks ago, we were down, it was in between the Christmas and New Year, where we had an open mat, hmm. and we had a breakdown. A couple of guys were getting caught in the same position, and you called Tommy in, and basically said, why aren't you doing this, Tommy? It was basically isolating the elbow so you couldn't get the elbow to the floor to get back in, to shrink back in, right, and retain guard. And you got Tommy to actually explain it and I rang up Terry Barnett and I said to Terry I was on the way back so I do it quite a lot ring him up and say just had an awesome BJJ session because what did Neil teach I said Neil was teaching some great stuff I said but Tommy Simpkin taught me and I said it was a game changer I never even thought about it and it's that's the thing mm. when a 10 year old boy can teach you you know that, that's got to be great yeah it's got to be great but for it, everything is, is, is it is exactly like um, God I mean everybody sings about their own kids and, but Tommy's been brought up around the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu since he's been born, and Charlie. And I think that's... Besides, my wife's an awesome person. And, yes. You know... Katie's great. We're very calm people, but every, everybody tells oh, your kids are so humble, they're so respectful, they're so... And and when, I, when Charlie says, Dad, what... Tommy don't even know what the word means. Really? No, he didn't know what the word means until the other day. He said, Dad, the, all the parents said that I'm really humble. Is that, is that, is that good? <laughs> and I says, and that's that's awesome. That's really. And he good, says, what yeah. does it mean? And I says, just just it means that you you know you you're very respectful of people. You know you just do the right thing. That says when people say oh, well done, you always thank him like it's yes. You know, Tommy's and, and that's, Tommy's that's, a wonderful that's, that's he's a wonderful now. guy. Yeah, it, yeah it, like what ranking is he at the moment in the world? We fight in two weeks. If he, if he wins the Pan Ams again, he'll go. To, he'll, I would imagine. He's, I think he's three at the moment because he's not because the, the ranking system. The kids, they're all the competition in America. Yeah. So, but he hasn't. You know, he hasn't really lost in this country for a long time. I mean, he, he's only ever actually lost once in this country. I, I was there. You know, he, he, it was it was it was like a shock to the system. Shock to everybody. But yeah. I think he, like he might have lost twice to the same. Him and Cameron, a guy called Cameron, who is a really good kid. Yeah. Um, him and Cameron really are, are, are really good. Um, but he hasn't he, he hasn't lost a Pan Am fight for three. He pulled that last year with injury in yes. the semi-final. He won the year before, and I, th- I think he got a good chance of winning this year. Um, we're going through a massive change in jiu-jitsu at the moment with the kids. I've seen a massive level changer. Yeah, you know. But um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's directly down to yourself, Jimmy Johnson, um, yeah, yeah, Kev Capel, Bradley. That it, 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 you know, this um, the, the kids elite. Sc- yeah. Well, the results are saying. I know you like Neil shaking his head here, and he doesn't want to accept it. But yeah, you've got to admit there's there's a part of it that that can be directly laying at your doorstep, right? I think more than the elite. I think what we've done is we've. We highlighted that the kids' jiu-jitsu wasn't probably getting the recognition it deserved. That's in competitions, that's everything. Yeah. What, what me and Jimmy thought was, look, we have a lot of good kids here. We're not in this area yet where, you know, kids are being put, put into a team and that's it. Yeah. And the only progression for me in the UK, in BJJ, is, like they're doing, like they're doing a lot of sports, you have a national t- you have a team whether it's a national team or what you have an elite team whatever you want to call it yeah kids coming together training all knowing what, what it's about is to get better and then everybody improves knowing though the next week you might have to fight that same kid that you're squad training with yes you might be in the like we did in karate yeah <laughs> be, right. in karate I'd, I'd train once a month at squad training and then I'd fight my and I'd have to fight my, my partner in the final yeah there's no you couldn't you couldn't do a you couldn't close out you couldn't no, close it out division. and then I'd go back to squad training and when we was abroad with each other we'd chill out then knowing the next month I'd more than likely fight you because we're the best in the country what we do and um, I think that's what the elite squad's done. The results from the elite squad, you know, it's for people to make up. It's for people to say, not for me. It's for people to come up with their assumption. Is it good? Is it bad? Does it work? Does it not work? I know what works. I've been through a system. I've been, into, I've been, a, I've, I've been through a system from a child to a world champion in different arts. And I know it works. Um, and, and, and I think that 90, 99% of the, the um, country think it works. Yeah. You are always going to get 
I wouldn't say haters, that's probably the wrong word, but I would always say, you know, who's going to get the odd negative people that don't agree with it. And that's their view. They haven't got to be part of it, you know what I mean? So, but what I've seen of it anyway, the results, the first first time you went over to America, how many kids went over? I think it took 20, 20, 24 kids, come up with 22 medals. Yeah, right. That, that results speak for themselves, yeah? yeah? And this year we're going to take the better part of 35 kids. I think we're going to do really well but more importantly what we're doing is we're giving the kids the foundation to when they get to 16 or 15 and they're going to the bigger competitions adults they're already ready for it yeah like like, like the juveniles just at the Europeans yeah George Tolly gold medal bronze medal George is awesome like, amazing British champion adult yeah Charlie Simkin silver silver lost to the world champion Absolutes and the final lost to the same girl right like British female champion at 13 Ryan Hill great kid he's done really well got silver medal in the Europeans you know he didn't do the Pan Ams but he's been on the elite squad for, 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 for since it started Cameron Jeter silver medal and a bronze medal amazing kid been to the Pan Ams great kid yeah Cameron's great kid um, Keenan Kev Capel's lad yes he went to the juvenile Europeans he didn't do the pans last year um, but he did the juvenile Europeans he's been to Germany with us he's done really well and you know I think I think it's fair to say that whether it's the training or whether it's the experience they've had put them in line for when they get older yes you know we don't just get kids 11 we, we take them to 17 yeah then we kind of we don't even let go of them then you know we kind of they need help we're going to yeah, help yeah keep, keep, keep them on yeah we're always going to get the haters you know and uh, um, I don't think it's hates uh, uh, do you know what I think, it, I think the words there, there, there's a hard there's a hard yeah there's a hard attitude uh, to use jealousy uh, missed opportunity but they can't be jealous of something that that's, that's, that's that don't belong to anybody I don't own the I don't own the UK youth squad I mean Jimmy don't own it it's open to every single person to come and train um, there's no politics there's no bullshit it's just straight down the line you want to train train three hours later you have no go to train again on the squad no. if you if you don't if you don't be part of it that's fine I mean you know there's a lot of work goes into the squad to Tommy Gareth Drummond to Tommy Fightwear Donovan and Max yeah all these people <laughs> all these people are doing a great job to, to support the squad yeah you know and I, it's not me I feel sorry for when, when, they, when you have the bad comments it's Jimmy Johnson Katie Sarah Johnson Bradley yeah. and Kev I've, I've already seen all you, you, you've seen it all in karate yeah. right and all this will pass and what will end up happening is you'll end up with a load of associations having elite squads that's what yeah. we'll end up doing right trust me that will happen <laughs> always will it, 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 the same it, it's exactly the same as there will be a dilution uh, at the moment I think in the UK there's nobody there's nobody at a black belt level that you know you'd totally raise an eyebrow at you might wiggle, you might wiggle an eyebrow but in five years time we don't know I mean you know I think I think I think the level of karate in the UK is amazing yeah I, from, from, from white belt upwards and I think that the Europeans have just showed it we've got to second on its poles to the Brazilians right which I think's pretty amazing and kids if we if, if we we matched last year yeah the I mean the, the academy for the kids at the moment is probably the Mendes kids you know they've got the best kids in the world yeah you know or they've got more kids but we matched them for medals really you know if, you, know if, you, if you look at medals to students we match them On, you know the, the problem the thing is I've been doing the Pan Ams with my kids before anybody even knew what it was yes I was taking my kids to the Pan Ams and competing and that's what made the elite squad it was like if you don't train like an elite squad you're going to get to the Pan Ams and you're going to get absolutely smashed well you, you walk in there rabbit the headlights you know. it'll be too big the whole the whole thing just yeah you, you've, got, you've got to train like you've got to either be an exception I remember watching um, the, I think it was the third year we went the uh, the kid that went Cameron is a great kid he's Tommy's age yes Kay and Isaac's went and I remember his dad saying to me we were, we were like doing some stuff and his dad said that wow this is amazing I says yeah I said it's going to be really cool I says hey Cameron I think he lost his final and he you know he fought really well and I said and since that since he's led like he, 
I think his dad realised, you know, we all realised then that the Pan Ams isn't like a normal competition. They are the creme de la creme. Even yeah. the occasion, you know, the arena is... Yeah. And that's what that's why now with the Nationals and the Europeans, we, we make it like an IBJJF comp. Yeah. You know, the, the thing we've done there is probably we took that... I think we took kids' competitions to the next level in yeah. this country. That's what it needed. And that's through the elite squad as well. It's all matches, you know, it's all... A, it's it's all linked up, isn't it? It's all part of my plan. But you, well, you know? yeah, tell me about the plan. The, I just think that the bigger... Comp- like, when you got to the, the... The kids' nationals last year was a major success. It was awesome, yeah. You know, it, it brought the competition level up the notch. Scoreboards, a kid's day. It, I tried to make the atmosphere as exciting as intense as possible so that when the kids go to these competitions like the Pan Ams that they aren't going to get frustrated yes. and I think we did really well with the Masters there with, yeah. the, with the Nationals and then went to the Europeans oh my god yeah. that was just another level no, yeah another step up again um, I even went to the fact you know they got the proper mats and then we got the you know like, like Matai UK doing everything so I think I think that they're um, yeah I think it's there and it's helped the competitions raise profile yeah. and everything else. And But it's like, it's like you look at the British Open, you look from where you've gone to where you've got it now, right? You know, it's at like the Skydome in Coventry and it feels like it's intense, man. Last, last year, we, we we pulled out all the stops. Yeah. We went out with Matoy UK, pulled out all the stops, Bradley out, pulled out all the stops, Skydome. That, that competition was 12 months in the making. Yeah. From venue to me starting the business of Mataya. Yes. That was the plan. It went for 12... You, me and Bradley, I spoke about it, and I said, never again will the British Open mats have pigeon shit on them. Them days have gone. <laughs> yeah, the, the only thing was, we still ended up, me and you, me, you, and Bradley, uh, Bradley and putting out the mats, right? Yeah. I said, these days now are gone. We need to bring up the profile. And of course, it matched It matched well with the, with the venture I was doing with Matai UK. Yes. Everything went together. And I said, and I promised Bradley, I said, I'm going to promise you now, student to professor, next year's British is going to have the best mats all of this the, the barriers are going to be colour canal coordinated electronic scoreboards yeah yeah you know everything the venue is going to be all seater and luckily we knew the guy who owned the sky dome yeah you, Mike, was, yeah, yeah. Mike is a great guy yeah um, I teach his um, one of his like his ex-son-in-law well, number, you know, yeah his, his number, number one guy yeah so diamond and um, I'm, I'm predicting 2,000 people at this year's British Jesus that's going to be good eh I've been amazing uh, so this leads me on to something who inspires you in martial arts um, at the moment yeah my kids yeah Charlie and Tommy just because of their work ethic their success just because of, of the success they have and the humbleism um, obviously Bradio, Victor I watched my kids yesterday training in the elite squad and I, I was just like wow yeah you know what I mean if, and they do because they still want their dad to compete they yeah 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 so Tommy's at the age where you know they're, they're both at the age where you know it's cool you know I'd love I'd love to be on a mat next to my daughter Really? Yeah. I remember Bradley and Victor doing it. Do you remember? The, yes, yes, yes. That was pretty prop when they were both, was, I think it was in America or something. And it was, it, was uh, all, yeah. it, it went viral. It went viral, yes. And um, I was there and they both won at the same time. Got, yeah. And there was, it's not very often you see, but they just went over and up. Yeah, hugged each other as well, um, yeah, at the same time, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose my children, Bradley, Victor, Steve Fan. Yeah. Bless him. Even to this day, you know, it's not a day good boy where I don't. Well, there's a, there's a great picture of Steve in the gym in the gym under the bell. Yeah, yeah, the submission bell, and it's a. I actually have a bit of a story about Steve myself because I knew Steve from the yeah. from the Jeet Kune Do world, and we were st- we were back training an ACOT screen, and he was it was just right before he really was getting into bad shape. Mm. But I mean, he couldn't train anymore. No. But it was just that point where he was getting to the point where it was getting. He w- it was literally one of the last few times that he could drive himself yeah do you remember and what, what, yeah, what was that he had like a yellow car or what was that car he had um, he had some brightly coloured yeah, car he, he, he's Polo, was it? Polo or something, yeah. So he ro- 
rocked up and he saw me and he just started uh, like he just started Gracie Barrett Tamworth uh, who now now run by Professor Dave Iverson great guy dear friend of ours if you're in Tamworth go and train with Dave he's he's awesome Sticky's the man but I remember Steve Fram was saying so you're training here now yeah "Yeah, I'm trying to he goes "Uh, what, how you feeling I said it's killing me man I said I'm getting battered all the time I said I'm getting battered by guys that if any, it was any other art I'd smash and he went yeah it's great isn't it and that was the moment when I thought yeah it is and it was unbelievable because I know you always say if you ever think about not training you think about how much he wanted to get on the map I, I remember when he was with um, he was poorly and um, he came with his gear on and he could hardly walk and this was t- just before we moved to F. Dycock Green. And, um, and Bradley, I was there, and I, I remember saying to him, you know, just rest. And he cried. Really? Yeah, he cried because he couldn't train. I tell that story a lot in the gym. You know, I say to people, just when you think you can't train, just remember there are people out there that not just do, not, not just can't train, but would give anything. Anything, just have their yeah. last 10 minutes on a mat. You know what I mean? And um, so we all have these head, we all have these, you know, things in our head saying, "Oh, I can't be bothered today." And but it, it is when you got someone like him. I mean, you know, I remember the the, the, the gathering before he died. Carried him up in the wheelchair. Yeah, two, yeah two, I remember four. that. Yeah. And actually, had the pictures in the gym. Yes. And um, when we when we did that gathering, his his only wish was to be at that gathering, and it, it literally killed him. Yeah. To do this gathering, um, yeah, me and Bradley and Katie, we spent our. I mean, I spent the last few days with him. Yeah, you did. You, you, Bradley and Katie did a vigil, right? It was just around the clock. We, we kind of, yeah. Bradley was was there on the night. We passed on. Um, I was with him on the morning, and he kind of, you know, he, he was kind of talking and not very well. And then he obviously went into a kind of a, a calmer time. Yes. You know, we, we, you're alive, but you. Yeah. And then, yeah, then me and, me and Braulio was at the, was at his house on the night when he passed, and um, we we just shot, we shot off. Braulio's wife, me, Kate, no, me, just shot off, and we went for a coffee, and really weird. Yeah. It's not very often Braulio was, has no words. Really? And we both just sat there, and it's pretty, pretty, um, it's one of the moments that I think, God, but now, when I don't train, when I can't be asked to train, I go straight back to yeah. that moment and it gets me in the train. Yeah, he, he, he inspired me because I was getting changed and he came in and I actually had to help him put his gear on. Yeah. And he took his back, he took it, he took off his jacket yeah, his or his tracksuit and it was just, you know, you know, cancer's just horrendous. But it was like, it, like literally I looked and he said, yeah, I've been in better, his exact words were, I've been in better shape. Because probably I fought the Europeans. Yeah. With a, with an injury that could have killed his career. Really? And he'd done it for Steve Fan. Yeah, he, and dedicated it, yeah. He, he dedicated the medal to Steve Fan. And then when, when we had the, so we had the funeral, and then we did all that, and Braulio went and fought, which was amazing. I mean, that's the kind of bloke Braulio is, you know. Yeah. But I, I don't think I've ever, ever not had a British Championships where, you know, he was the British Championships. And every year we have, obviously, we have the standard yes, ovation for Yes, him. definitely. And uh, it never gets boring, you know. It never, nobody ever gets fed up with doing it. No. And every year we always sit together, me, Kate and Braulio, and we always say, I bet, I bet he's up there now laughing at us. Yeah. And we kind of do that, you know, because Steve was a, a pretty amazing, um, well, probably most guys had the most effect. You know, you, I've not lost many people because I'm, I'm still young, do you know what I mean? Yeah. That guy, man, Jesus, he has an effect on my life now that um, will last forever. I mean, yeah, but Bob Breen, Bob Breen summed, summed him up correctly because Bob said that because like, famously he organised his own funeral and then the pallbearers were, were his instructors. Uh, and you know Bob Bob was like no matter where I'd be in the world I would have been there and it was like Bob said he goes that, first that time was a, that was a scene yeah that was a scene that that um, when we seen that when we did the scene when when, when we got the coffin it was me Bradley and his brothers yeah okay the coffin and um oh my god you could not as long as the eye could see because we had to carry the coffin from the church 
to where he was being buried. Yes. And as long as the eye could see, all you could see was Grace about a geese. Yeah. BJJ geese. And it was literally a scene that you'd, you couldn't, you can't explain it. It was just two lines. That's something out of a movie, of an right? Yeah. And all you have to, you'd, you'd look at it and you just couldn't, I remember it. And I can remember walking in and he, we were all struggling. Yeah. Because it's a, the coffins and everything. I mean, we got to the, the coffin and, and he's a, he's a bugger, Steve was, because he knew that he said, right, you've got to do the speech for me. So I wrote this speech out and passed it. And I said it, I, I spoke, you know, you know as he's being buried, we, we had some, I'd say these words. And it was quite intense. And it was, he did, I think he did it for a reason, you know, because he, he, he <laughs> and I read it out and I kept reading it to my wife and then I'd, I'd phone his wife, his, 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 his wife and I'd say, look, can I read this to you? And then I read it to Bradley out and I, I read it to as many people as I could so that on the day, yeah, I wouldn't break. And it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I got broken. And then me and me and Braulio, we actually actually lower him in, bury him in, yeah. which, we, which we, none of us knew we was doing. And um, that's I know it sounds crazy, but it's probably one of the proudest moments of my life when someone wow. says to you, "You can do that," because that's like that's past friendship. You know, and, and, and I remember me and Braulio, we just couldn't talk to each other on that day. And um, yeah, it was one of them. But it's probably the most influential person I, I've had as, you know, I just can't, there's not a day, there's not a day goes past that I don't think of him. I can't remember the last day I didn't think of him. That's really? the truth. And it was mad, you know. He kind of, like you say, he planned his own. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Breen said the first time he turned up to do some training with him, he's like, yeah, I don't think this guy's going to last. And yeah, because Bob's like old school. Because mm. Bob, Bob Bob looks at people and he goes, I don't think he's a warrior. And he goes, and he just got there, put him in front of a killer. And he goes, and he stood his ground. He kept going and then kept turning up. Razor sharp shins he had. Yeah. He used guard and his shins, oh my God. Yeah. He used to rub his shin against you. Really? But we went to Poland to Brownell's wedding. Yeah. And that was funny um, did you go to his wedding brother no we was in Poland and Steve was absolutely hammered so if you can imagine a Chinese guy dancing to Polish music who's hammered he was like jumping up really and oh my god he was sick on the bus when he came oh, <laughs> right, so, oh god some of the stories on Steve and of course we stand there and I just I can't even remember he, he's on all the pictures but yeah. he was unconscious for most of it really <laughs> he, must have, he must have just when he's seen someone with a camera he got up and had yeah yeah but um, no he's, he's an amazing guy and he's a, he's a guy that I, that, that I pray he's never forgotten in BJ no no he, 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 I know. remember he said to me he goes am I going to have to die for you to go to Gracie Barra Tamworth <laughs> and then yeah as luck would have it it ended up that I just trained and I just went over to train with Dave Iverson one night yeah. and it just hit me and I went God and it's one of the reasons why I've kept yeah. up the jiu-jitsu as well and you know something is it I mean he was a great oh God it was just I, I stand there now and I think you know if if he was alive now I mean God it was just a I just can't really explain his jiu-jitsu jiu was good as well eh yeah he is what he was he was a good martial artist yeah and what he was was there was no black or white there was no grey area one of his, his his last words to me was we was, was sat on his bed and I was with my wife in the um, in his bedroom and he he couldn't obviously you know he's, he was in his last days of living so there wasn't you know he couldn't move much he called me over and says you know your logo on your academy I says yeah he says it's fucking shit and he went to sleep and just left it at that. I looked at Kay and I went, I can't believe him. And then the, the, the irony is, who designed his, who designed your logo? Well, Martin Coe, but he told me it was brilliant. <laughs> Steve did. But he, he was that kind of guy. He was, you know, up until <laughs> up until his last moments. And, um, you know, we, we still have an award for him each year. At the yeah. And, we, you know, we've we've got all the memorial stuff of him in here. And, you know, Bradley, I was every year, you know, and even now, Bradley will mention it to me. Like yeah. Coming up to that time now where we're going there ready for the British. And every year, me and Bradley will be in the car somewhere 
I'm allowed to cry. Really? Yeah. And it's, I don't know what it is. You know, we all sit together on the table every year doing the brackets for the British and we're all standing there and there's me, Kate, Braulio and we all just stand there and we all have a little, I don't think I've been to a British yet where it's an emotional day for us. You know, yeah. That way. But yeah, it was good. It took me a lot to get over him. Yeah. It took me a lot, mate. I couldn't talk, talk about him to anybody and people, you know, I felt really bad like I wasn't expressing myself towards him like when he passed away. I couldn't talk about him without crying. Where now I can talk to him within a, I did really good. Um, you know, I did really good now talking about him in a positive way. Yeah. But it took me a lot of time. To well, his wife, his wife said that at Christmas. I mean, yeah. She kept, she kept up, so this was, oh. it's now, now she, she actually looks forward to it, whereas before it was almost kind of so obligation. I to do. I needed to do it. I needed, to, we needed that memorial shield for me, really. I, I, you know, I never wanted not to be forgot. And you know, I, I don't know, I've never lost anybody like my, you know, I've never lost my partner or anything. But the one thing that, that I know, I, I never want to be is forgotten. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's why I kind of, we are like we are with him. You know, but he's, yeah, he changed my life. He changed everything about me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, I'm forever grateful for the small part I had in his life that, that he allowed me in his life, you know. Uh, yeah. He's good. But I tell you what, you know what I mean? If you're going to check, you're going to finish a podcast with a great man we might as well finish talking about another yeah. great man eh dude I, I can't even say I can never thank you Katie's here as well I can never thank I can never thank the Simpkin family enough for what they've given me and I really mean that and it's not just the jujitsu it's everything everybody in the world needs a place where they walk in and for an hour or two hours everybody in that room is happy to see them you take the martial arts out of the equation which is yeah the jujitsu is awesome right most successful academy in Europe by the and uh, yeah I always joke about it and say everyone needs a place where you can legally try and choke people to death and not get arrested but when you walk in and everybody you walk in through the door Kate's always Kate's always there ready for a smile give you a hug and a kiss dude you know you're doing some great in the world and I try and do that with my classes but you know you're the master at it so oh, for that I'm just going to thank you and on this now you know I'll end up crying if I start any any longer <laughs> so let's go and get a Nando's alright take awesome. care thanks a lot hey man that was awesome yeah yeah that went a bit deep didn't he thanks for listening today we have a brand new show every Friday and on next week's show, we've got this. Honestly, I just want to be doing this until I'm 60, 70. I want to be doing it for the rest of my life. So for me, every time I get on the mat, I just enjoy myself. And I don't think of anything else apart from that. You can listen to all our interviews on MixedMartialArts.com. Mixed Martial Arts is a Paint Your Headphones production. What?